Is it just me or did like nothing happen in this episode? Nothing really did happen. I mean, I I don't know. I guess we have to. I mean, it's still fun. Not quite as fun as the first half, but I watched it yesterday. And I was like, there's definitely a solid 10 minutes of them fighting giant sentinels and missing. And I was like, what yeah, am I watching? And they had like maybe two minutes worth of plot to wrap up and they did it in two <laughs> minutes, but then they had to find like another 20 minutes worth of content. I, th- I think the first half was better, but you know, that happens every That's time. every time. Anyway, Is this going in the episode? Because we're just so. already talking. I'm Maddie. <laughs> I am Ryan. And we just started babbling about this because I, I don't know, like sometimes I get really excited about episodes, even if they're not great. And this one's still fun but i mean episodes of what ryan episodes of x from the animated series because this is a show where we watch every adaptation of the x-men back when we were young we experienced a change we felt a power grow in us both wonderful and strange the power to care about the x-men What about gargoyles? Aren't we reviewing them today, <laughs> or Justice League do Unlimited? That on this show, we don't do gargoyles on this show. We do. Uh, you X-Men. know what? I was gonna say. You know, in like six years from now, when we finally have gotten through all the shows, and I'm like, like, maybe you know we could what? do. We're like, we're like 63 years old, and we're like, let's do a gargoyles rewatch. We finally. Oh my do god! It. But you know what? It'd be funny if we actually did that. Except at that point, we'll finally have cleared everything. But since the X Men properties are coming to the MCU and Disney. It just means there's going to be new X-Men shit for us to watch. So I think we're just stuck it's doing endless. this until the day we die. You know what? That sounds great to me. And <laughs> y- I, I, this segue doesn't work. <laughs> I was going to try to do a segue that's like, and speaking of the day someone dies, Xavier's dead. But that seemed really dark. So I like chickened out of saying it and then just said it just now anyway. But yeah, that's what this episode's about. Okay, is that where the, <laughs> the intro music's going to go? Is it right there? No, I'm going to put it in earlier than that. Um, <laughs> Maddie, Maddie's just going to have to open with it listen, because we just started I, talking. I will find a spot for that. Don't you worry. I always right. do. Even when we are talking over each okay. other and interrupting each other, I still manage to shove that theme song in there somewhere. <laughs> you know what's actually really great is that every single time I go to listen to the episode later, I don't know where you put it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm always into sitting find out live. Right. And I'm sitting there wondering like <laughs> if it's gonna happen. Sometimes I nail it, but a lot of the time I'm like, oh, it's gonna happen here. And then we talk for another two minutes and then it happens. <laughs> and I'm I'm just like I and I know there's a rhyme and reason to it, but well, I just don't know what it is. I try to have us finish completing a thought at least. But anyway, this doesn't matter. No I mean, one cares do, about are we good at doing that? I mean, is this That's show part of the a problem. show? Like, sometimes there really isn't a good spot to put it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, this is the second part of a two-parter episode. One Man's Worth is the title of part one and part two. And 
actually why the fuck is it called that i guess it's called that because xavier is worth so much i just realized that oh my god I, th- oh, this show I needs that. to get oh i know <laughs> i i just like this show needs to get the fuck over xavier because fuck that guy yeah. actually so should we try to explain what happened the first episode though all right so yeah previously on the x-men so several seasons ago we met bishop who travels through time and he's not very good at it and he keeps on changing both him and cable are trying to change their shitty future or trying to keep it it's not really clear and so they keep on traveling back in time bishop and wolverine have this like rivalry which it's like are they gonna fuck or are they gonna like be fight friends or are they gonna other, be enemies we don't really know fight each other yeah 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 right totally. and, and so and so last episodes uh lsd trip <laughs> was an episode in which bishop and his sister shard uh-huh. travel back in time to stop Xavier from being assassinated from Fitzroy, who's out in the future as well, and his little butt buddy, Bantam. Mm-hmm. And they are being sent by Master Mold in the future, who has essentially taken over the planet and has done the Terminator situation. Right. And uh, from there, they keep on trying to save Xavier's life before Xavier blows up in this house or lab or whatever the fuck I it think is. it's like a college dorm, actually, is what that right. building it's- is. And so in this alternate future that Bishop is trying to prevent or keep, that's not very clear to me. I don't really uh, there get is, that either. Like, I even don't as either. you're explaining it, I'm like, what future is Master Mold in? And how does Master Mold know that assassinating Xavier will cause him to be in he power? He doesn't. He's like, a fucking what, robot. What if, what if him sending Fitzroy back in time, like, caused Master Mold to no longer be in power? Like, how's that even fucking possible? Do you know what it I'm just saying? Doesn't, like, no, it, it doesn't, doesn't... All the time travel shit makes no sense on this show, and it's in, it's amusing to watch. It so is. anyway, <laughs> from that point, Storm and Wolverine are in this alternate future that's the now known as the Age of Apocalypse future, so there's a bunch of cyberpunk right. mutants running around, including Storm and Wolverine, who look fucking great, by the way. They do. Storm's got the mohawk. Wolverine's wearing yes. a lot of eyeliner, which I feel like was significantly more obvious in this episode. Like, they had a lot I of I thought so, too. I had the same thought when I was watching I was it, like, and I was I like... I did not realize Wolverine was wearing, like, David Bowie eyeliner. Like, what is happening? I'm enjoying it, but I definitely didn't notice that the first time around, so that was a plus. I didn't either. I think, I think they just animated it differently this time around probably yeah. and so basically storm and wolverine the present morph into the present or that version of wolverine and storm lose all their memories because that reality has become the real reality yeah. Wol- uh, xavier just disappears and so wolverine and storm are traveling with bishop and char back and forth through time watching themselves trying to stop xavier and failing every time and it's really kind of amusing it and is, that's where we left off is that, that is they still are amazing. failing so like that is where we left off may 11th 1959 xavier yes. young xavier is in college he's a closeted mutant he's not out to his professor but he's still cu- no. he's still like studying mutation and stuff in school and he gets killed because this is like a good time to kill xavier because like he doesn't have his powers really like he's he's suppressing his mutant powers he's not a confident person we sort of see that version of him so he's pretty easy to take down and, yeah he is and i mean he, it's xavier. He's like a total wuss also so like xavier goes into his room it explodes and the title card at the beginning of the episode tells us it's may 11th 1959 and then oh, wait are we talking about this episode or last episode i'm looking at a <laughs> sheet of notes that i have that's labeled one man's worth part two so it is the okay right so sheet i of mean notes. but well, this i was gonna time, say it's Storm, Logan, Shard, and Bishop running towards the blast that's already happened. Right. And so Xavier's dying again. And I want to point out. He's dying a second time. Or like a We time. get to watch maybe 55 shots of explosions. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we animated so many explosions other than to be like, guys, 
Xavier's not only dead, yeah, but he's, he's super fucking dead. dead. Yeah, it's crazy. It's all the crazier later because they like stop the bomb blast and it like yes. isn't as much of a blast. But in this shot, it's like a nuclear bomb has gone off in this building and it's like massive. So I know Bishop realizes that they failed again and he turns okay, to wait, Logan. Bishop has that line where he goes, he said, oh my God, I did, this is not the direct line. This is the line I wrote down where Bishop's like, now the people I think are may or may not know in the future that may or may not be present or change my future may be gone forever, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And I he, mean, that's like what he says. That's like, Bishop, do you even know anything at all? Yeah. And somehow he's blaming Logan for this. Oh, yeah, that's because right. Because what happened before this that caused them to miss the explosion, kind of, is that Logan picked a fight with a bunch of rednecks in a bar. Right, and they're there again. Right, and so, but Logan, in retaliation to Bishop, is like, no, no neck, redneck dumps on my wife and gets away with it, and then suddenly there's sirens, and the cops are there with the no neck, redneck, and the redneck is like, they're the ones that wrecked my joint, now they're blowing up the college, and the cops are trying to get the X-Men and everything, it's just like a crazy situation. Can we just talk about the scene that's about to happen, though, in which Bishop points a massive gun, and he goes, bad time to mess with me, so he's about to shoot all these guys, and Storm calmly taps on the shoulder and she goes no i have a better way her better way is to summon a fucking tornado (laughs) and kill everyone i know it would kill everyone so like she creates this huge tornado and spirals them off into the sky and then (laughs) they 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 fall like they fall really far stories but i know they are shown getting back up and like being fine but there's but they also they're getting up and they're going what (laughs) what happened and we're like where that tornado come from so like while the tornado is spinning around shard is like we have to go back to my time and hope that forge and his time portal still exists okay wait i was so annoyed by this because like why did they have to go to the future to go back to the past and then eventually realized it's that they they only have access to one time machine and i guess it can only send them back in the past but not to the future i I don't know it's like okay so it sounds like their watches have the ability to go back to the future that they were just in but like only to a set time it's so dumb it's like i they have to create these constraints in order for this episode to like this is where time travel gets really okay so (laughs) i'm I'm just gonna throw this out there but i've been writing this time travel screenplay for a tv show right oh yeah we have talked about it on the show because we eventually maybe one day we'll film it we don't know years and years from now right but i'm sitting there and it's like it was so easy just be like once when they travel back in time which is an accident like that's it they're they like it's an accident new, yeah like, or they create a new timeline or whatever and like that or that. it's taken account whatever but there's no like rules in which like what can send you back in time and what can you best send you back in the future it's just like they're there and they're stuck there unless they figure out a way back and that's really all these shows need to do they don't need to be like well if you step in through this time machine and wear this wristband you could go back to this time but only while you're wearing the wristband if the wristband falls back you'll go back to a different future but it's not the future you came from <laughs> and everybody will like be robots but you have to go back to the alternate re- re- future to go back in time to go five minutes back to the time that you were it's like fuck you like nobody fucking cares yeah, jesus it's really frustrating to watch and this is also the problem i had with avengers endgame also is that and i loved that movie i just bought it and I'm like, it doesn't make sense though. Like that, it, that whole time travel section, it's it just like work. it's fun to watch, but it doesn't make any sense because in that they're like, 
oh, don't worry, we're not creating alternate realities. But like fucking are, Bruce Banner though. sits there. And then in the next movie, the Spider-Man movie, they're like, we created like a million realities. And it's like, Well, of course okay. they did. Whatever. It's like, it doesn't okay. matter. So Logan is in the same headspace as the two of us because yeah. he goes, I'm off this merry-go-round. Take me and Storm back to where you found us. Fighting for Magneto wasn't so bad. I don't even know the Xavier guy. And Storm is basically like, nope, we're going to do this anyway. And she I mean, honestly, him. a good point that Magneto would be the better leader too. I know. Just saying. But whatever they they she convinces him they go back into the future and we get a title card that's like alternative future 2055 and then shard and bishop are like everything's different everything's great (laughs) it's actually not and so like the machine is really huge and then forge shows up and he's a cyborg and he's like i okay i didn't even know that was forge until about five minutes into this it doesn't look like him at all because he's like wearing a cyborg eye patch and eventually somebody else is like calls him forge yes that's when i figured it out i was like and i for a while there i started thinking maybe it's forge and then at that moment i think bishop was like forge <laughs> i was pretty sure it was forge but i really couldn't tell you why i made that assumption because he doesn't look like any character we've ever no, seen he doesn't. before um but it's the same voice actor so i think i at least recognize that so bishop introduces them as being part of the resistance and forge is like resistance what the what's fuck that? Is that and then bishop is trying to explain that the resistance is like people fighting against master mold and forge is like Nobody fights Master Mold. And Bishop... <laughs> Bishop is so mad for some fucking reason. I did feel I like Bishop know. was back to being his old character in this episode where he's like, he's a total hothead. He's angry at everyone for no reason and like making impulsive decisions constantly. That is the Bishop yeah, that we that know. that is the Bishop we knew. He's no longer like popping out of the bush dad joke Bishop. He's just back to being <laughs> like angry and making stupid mistakes Bishop, which is, you know, a sad character to, to exist, but whatever. That's who he is. So Shard is talking to Forge and she's like, you sent us back in time to prevent a killing. Don't you remember? And I just wrote, oh my God, Shard, of course he doesn't. Like, why I mean, it doesn't even, it's Shard standing there wondering. She's like, it seems really strange that Forge is a giant robot now, but I'm sure everything's exactly the same. It's also like, these are characters who've traveled in time multiple times, yet they themselves seem to Forget not the laws of time travel. I know it, how it works. And Storm just has this line where she goes, "None of this matters," which is incredible. And then she just I goes know. over to the time portal and like starts hitting buttons and stuff. And Forge is like, "If you travel back in time with the machine, they'll know." And then the door opens, and it, there's a bunch of fucking sentinels. Well, and- also we should say that. Forge hit a button that set off an alarm, yes, right? And then true. Wolverine turned it off. So they already knew they were there. Right. So the Sentinels are coming in and then there's a really long Sentinel fight between the X-Men and the Sentinels. Okay, this, go- this is what I was saying. I yeah. was like, there's a good five minutes of them fighting a Sentinel and missing. And it's like it's really not that interesting to watch. It's not. It's, I but mean, I was it's- I was impressed because Bishop actually shot one. I was like, oh, Bishop actually can do something. Yeah, so that was nice to see. he shoots a sentinel. And for whatever reason, his gun is more effective against the sentinels than any other weapon anyone has. I mean, Wolverine, sh- I mean, Logan tries stabbing a robot to death. And I think he does. Doesn't yeah, he, like, he attacks gut it out? one of its ankles until it falls over. And then he like runs up and attacks its neck. Oh, wait, no. Because in that next scene where he like gets tossed aside and he thinks he- he's just playing dead and storm runs over she's crying but he like jumps up and kisses her and i'm like did you just pretend to die so you can make out with storm because fuck you <laughs> i didn't read it that way but that, that was like funny. not romantic at all i but think all what right. it was supposed to probably be was him 
getting knocked out and then his healing factor like slowly reviving him but instead right, well, the pacing of it just but makes but that's not it look what it really looked like stupid. to me um so meanwhile the time machine is broken now and bishop is like you better fix it fast and logan's like if we end up stuck here he's gonna know these up close and personal and like pops his claws and i'm like why is everyone so pissed at forge he I, doesn't I don't know. even know you guys you just yeah. showed up here and like got mad at him for not knowing who you were and like you're forcing him to make you travel back in time again i don't like, know he doesn't know what the fuck is going on and he doesn't know you so whatever no one's Forge always gets shit on it really sucks yeah and so then there's this other scene with master mold <laughs> which, talking to Fitzroy. this is what i, I was like fucking know what time period this is is this the current time period like who knows I who the fuck knows know. or if it's the alternate reality nobody no it's not because he okay so but that makes no sense though because isn't this a new future that's only just been created uh i don't know it doesn't matter because they think he dies in two seconds but well yeah so so it's, it's fitzroy and, and, and fitzroy, bantam right? yeah yeah yeah. it's nimrod fitzroy and bantam and they're talking to master mold and they're showing him the footage of themselves killing xavier being like we did it Everything's yeah and Ban- great. oh isn't bantam like holding fitzroy romantically yeah, in this they, shot they're very gay for each other it's like they're episode. holding hands at this point yeah, and they're it's like fine i'm embracing. here for that but it was was like i was like wow this is not this is not even like pretending anymore yeah and so master mold is like disbelieving that they actually yeah. killed xavier and is like what about the others and fitzroy's like what others and master mold's like the mutants you rattled in your time travels whatever changes were made to our world by your mission those four were untouched like you they existed outside of time which again i don't understand what the fuck any character is saying here <laughs> but i'm just gonna ignore it and so fitzroy laughs and he's like what harm could four measly mutants uh, do it was like a gay it wasn't really a laugh yeah, it was like, like a like, yeah, I was say, yeah it's like a gay giggle i was like <laughs> i was like okay yeah. that's enough of that um and so then there's like a weird alarm that goes off and like starts talking to them about how there's like mutants still out there so it's the mutant like, alarm what? a mutant alarm goes off and then Can i have a quick hold on i'm gonna interrupt you would anybody listening to the show like a t-shirt that says mutant alarm and should we make that happen please email you us at mutants at gmail.com <laughs> Okay, that's a great idea. Also, you thought of like four other t-shirts I the did. other day. What, what were the other ones? I don't even remember, but we should have written them down. I'm going oh, to scroll wait, 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 wait. back Is in the it chat just, and find them. because like, I'm literally doing that right now because I was like, hold on. You had like a bunch of really good shirt ideas that we need to just design at this point. So we've never actually made a t-shirt for the Mutant Ages fans, although many people have requested it. And the top requested one is a Professor X is trash shirt, which maybe we'll make someday. Maybe we'll make a Mutant Alarm shirt as well. But the other ideas that Ryan had were a picture of Bishop holding his gun and then text that says time travel is real. And also a picture of Betty Spaghetti flying and the text I've come for my butter dish, which that last one is a Mutant Ages reference and not an X-Men reference, which is specifically from Gambit's uh, Spotlight episode. So if you guys want those, tell us or we'll just make them anyway. Master Mold is like, go kill the mutants, idiots. And then he like dismisses Fitzroy and Bantam. And then Nimrod starts to follow them. And Master Mold is like, wait, Nimrod, hold on a second. Come back here. I just want to tell you really quick that you need to kill Fitzroy and Bantam. Oh my God. But he says it like loudly while Bantam and Fitzroy are still within earshot and blatantly they hear it. And Bantam just goes, I told you. And it's like, why is every villain this incompetent about everything on this show? I mean, that's just how villains were in the 90s. They were very, 
there wasn't a lot of layers to them. I mean, it's like a kids show thing. It, I mean, the like, only characters that we've seen on the show that has had any kind of layer to them as a villain is potentially Magneto, but he's not a villain. And same with Callisto. But Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister, as much as we love them, they're just evil. They're pretty, there's no, yeah, they're pretty There's no. I mean, Apocalypse painted. doesn't even have a motive. I mean, Mr. Sinister just likes fucking with mutants genetics, so that's his motive, but, like, Apocalypse is just there. I mean, Master Mold is sadly kind of the same deal. Like, his motive is, like, I'm gonna kill all mutants because I'm programmed to hate mutants. So, like, Fitzroy is kind of a dumbass for assuming that that would apply not to him, you know? Like, how did he think that was gonna go? Anyway. I don't know. Back to Forge, who's still trying to fix the time machine. Everyone is still so mad at him for not fixing it fast enough. I don't, it's like, they're just screaming. There's, like, multiple lines where, like, Logan's like don't take all day and i get that they're stressed out because they're fighting more and more sentinels which there's a whole other scene of that this next that's the next thing is more sentinel fights and then somehow throughout all that forge finally manages to fix the time machine and then nimrod shows up okay so what i'm looking at my notes and it's fucking confusing so like listen i don't i don't know i just wrote down they shot fought another giant robot and then i was kind of done with that i'm just gonna read what i have because i don't remember what this is so nimrod shows up bishop absorbs a bunch of kinetic energy and shoots it at nimrod who uses a force field to block it and then fitzroy shows up and he has a gun and there's more fighting and then that Fitzroy hands Bishop a purple ball and goes, this will explain everything. And then he and Bishop's gets blasted is like, okay. into a wall by Nimrod. Yeah, Fitzroy just dies. And Bantam, like, screams Fitzroy's name and holds okay, his hand. Okay, Bantam screams at him, he's holding his hand and, like, leaning into him. And it was very romantic and, and cute. And Storm uh, in the background just goes, we must help Fitzroy, to which I wrote, why? Because, like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't understand why suddenly now they feel also, bad. Also, what is... What is Fitzroy wearing? He's wearing like leather pants and isn't he like shirtless but with like a a trench coat, coat and yes. beautiful green hair? Yes. I, he's very he like gay man in the nineties. I don't know. I mean, more like cyberpunk eighties, but yeah, like same yeah, idea. That's true. He's kind of like a an even gayer version of Gambit without a shirt. So then Logan screams that it's too late for him because I don't know helping Fitzroy was even on the table ever and he and Storm jump into this time portal that's finally been created and Shard is about to follow but then she gets blasted by Nimrod and Nimrod also blasts Forge and Bishop doesn't want to leave Shard behind but Shard is like no go ahead if your mission is successful I'll be fine and so will Forge and so Logan grabs Bishop and drags him into the time portal and then there's like this dramatic moment where Shard and Bishop are like about to die or Shard and Forge are about to die and Nimrod like stands over them and then there's like a cut to black and it's like oh no yeah but also die. like wolverine don't forget about when they're jumping into the portal wolverine and bishop are like hand in hand jumping gaily through it yeah they're they're friends but only when they have a common enemy i, I guess. know I, I guess okay so now they go back in to time the again fucking same ass day may 11th I, 1959 no. and i just I, I wrote building. down i wrote down in my notes here we go again and as i finished writing that <laughs> logan goes yes. here we go again and i was like thank you logan I i'm glad that so you understand that. how irritated i am with this right now i i laughed really hard at him saying here we go again just because like that was exactly what I was thinking as well. So Storm is like, where's Shard? And Bishop is like, she didn't make it. And then reveals that Shard's actually his sister, which is something that Storm and, and Logan didn't know. And then right. Bishop and they, is they like, feel bad about yeah, it. they do. And Bishop is like, she knew the risks, but I'm not counting her out yet. I plan on seeing her again because this time we're not going to mess up. And then he's like, 
let's see what Fitzroy gave us. And then he it doesn't show us what that was. It doesn't was. show, but, but this is this is a really bad storyboarding right here, right? Yeah. Because it, he goes, let's see what Fitzroy showed us. And then the next scene is them at the bar, but it's like the previous scene from a different angle. Yeah. But I thought it was that's what they were looking at. Me too. And then I was like... Wait a second, and then like maybe a minute later, I realized it was just the scene a new again. Scene? Yeah, and, and I was like, "Wait a second, what?" And then it just goes back to them looking at themselves, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I was so confused. It's I was so really confused. So, like, what this actually is is a flashback to the other Bishop Shard Logan Storm at the bar in the previous episode where they get into the fight with the racist guy who's picking on Storm. Right, because he's still there. So that all still happens. Logan still gets into the fight, etc. And then Xavier runs away from the bar, which we knew happened. But this time when Xavier runs away, he runs into the new version of Logan, Storm, and Bishop who stop him this time. And they're like, oh, okay. your life is in danger. And Logan is like, if we wanted to hurt you, we would have done it already. So you come in quietly or do you want to make some noise? Which like, I don't know why Logan is so aggressive. And even Storm calls it out and she's like, you're doing it again, Logan. And Logan's like, I'm sorry. It's like, I don't know, it's funny. <laughs> so, like, they get back to the same building where Xavier's gonna die, and they're explaining everything to Xavier once again, and Storm shows Xavier a projection on her wristwatch of Xavier dying, and Xavier's still like, you can't expect me to believe this, and then eventually Storm is just like, read our minds, you fucking idiot, like, read our minds, and that's yeah. gonna prove everything, and so Xavier looks over to Logan, who, like, nods his consent to let Xavier read his mind, which I just wrote down, like, Xavier Xavier's so much nicer in this version of him. Like he's so reluctant to use his powers and he's like polite to people and like I know it's 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 not a version of we don't know who this is. I don't know who this guy is. So he reads Logan's mind and then he sees the explosion and he sees Magneto and Cyborg Forge and basically and Fitzroy all the shit that that happens and he comes back out and he's like you're telling the truth but one of you doesn't want your mission to succeed. Okay, then, this is crazy. It's like it's like Xavier. Can you not yeah, out you Wolverine not, for this like, asshole? Then, then I was like, okay, Xavier is the Xavier we know. He's pulling the same <laughs> he's shit. Causing problems for no reason. And so, then Bishop is so mad. He's basically like, stop baiting girls when they're baiting me, bitch. And I was like, and whoa. Logan is like, I feel the way I feel, bub. That doesn't mean I turn traitor. And then like a door opens. A Bishop okay. is like, Fitzroy, and then it's just some <laughs> lady. Wait, okay. First of all, it's. Cindy Gray yeah, or whatever. It's the professor's wife, I yes. guess. Yes, okay. And so she's also dressed like it's the 80s, but isn't it supposed to be the 50s? So it's like, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even know. She's wearing whatever she's wearing, a terrible dress. And so then Cindy's like, who are these people? And then Logan just screams Nimrod, and then suddenly Nimrod is there, and there's another fight. I don't know why Cindy's even in this fucking scene. Is she, does she turn into Nimrod? Is that what it is? I don't even remember. I didn't write it down. Uh, yes, that is what happens. Okay, great. I didn't write that in my notes. So that makes a lot more sense than what I did write, which was just Logan screaming Nimrod. <laughs> anyway, Nimrod shoots a bunch of beams at them and blah, 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 fighting, fighting. Who fucking cares? So then Fitzroy and Bantam suddenly show up, like in a time portal or whatever. Yeah. And Fitzroy throws down a force field that traps all the X-Men inside of it with Xavier and also a bomb that is like ticking down. 
And Logan is like, get Xavier out of here. And Fitzroy's like, and ruin the fun. And then Storm is like, you have to let us go. If you do not, you will cease to exist. And Fitzroy is like, get serious. I just cashed in big. And Bishop is like, she's dead serious mutant. And then he plays him this message of a different Fitzroy from the future. Right. When did he have time to record this? I don't know. I don't know because didn't he change his mind while they were fighting so i guess what we're supposed to think is that in the hallway when fitzroy and bantam hear that master mode is going to mold is going to kill them after all oh, they were right. like okay maybe we shouldn't have killed xavier i already i already forgot that part happened did we even cover that or did i just yeah, miss yeah, that we did but it's a really short scene and they didn't show him doing any of this i'm just speculating you know what i mean so like no I'm you're speculating right you're right that after that scene, there's a scene we didn't get to see where Fitzroy and Bantam are like, okay, in order to prevent ourselves in the past from killing Xavier, we need to send a message to ourselves and from give Fitzroy. it to I, Bishop. I don't, of all people. <laughs> As opposed to traveling back in time themselves to okay, do but also, it. I, I kind of love how this scene is happening and Bishop is just holding this thing and he's it's like, really this funny. is you, I swear. Fitzroy's like, how should I believe you? And Storm's just pointing out the window. She goes, because there we go, running around trying to do this the first time. And he yeah. just looks out the window. We see like Storm and all of them just running, running by and Storm's the building, pointing them. Like fighting an Imrod again, but yeah. like elsewhere. And then like, as soon as they get to the building, the other past versions of them evaporate into nothingness, which I was like, is this also part of time travel? Like if they get too close <laughs> to each other, they evaporate. Like it was like they kept introducing new rules you know what i mean i i don't know but then i think then fitzroy i guess brainwashes xavier something but that's not his power that that doesn't happen until the very end of this so like really i I don't even know where we are i didn't know what the fuck he was doing either but don't worry so first fitzroy decides he's convinced he gets rid of the force field around everybody and then they pick up the bomb and they throw it out the window and somehow this time it's no longer a powerful bomb it's just like a little firecracker that just quietly blows up in the air and doesn't destroy anything and was like perfectly safe to throw out the window which is crazy that is crazy so then I just wrote Bantam says time to go three times while shaking Fitzroy's lapels. <laughs> and then Fitzroy goes, it would seem that we've overstayed our welcome. And then he does the thing you described where he grabs it, Xavier's oh, it's head. It's like a trippy fucking LSD sequence. And he where just like, like shoots a bunch of power beams into Xavier's head and Xavier passes okay, out. Okay, but like that's not even what it looks like. He grabs his head and just the colors of the screen change 50 fucking times in yep. five seconds and then it's over. And I was like, what just happened? So Xavier faints and then Fitzroy goes, he'll be fine in a day or two and then creates a portal and throws Bantam into it while Bantam screams, I hate this. And then they disappear, which like, oh my God. Anyway, Bishop just goes up to the the unconscious Xavier and goes, it's incredible how one kid could mean so much to so many people. And Logan goes, what now? Not me. With him alive, we ain't even supposed to exist. And I wrote, technically you still exist, Logan, but okay. (laughs) I feel like Logan didn't understand what this mission even was, and who could blame him? I don't know. I think Wolverine's just looking for a reason to be super dramatic and melancholy. And so then Storm is like, why are we still here? And Bishop is like, as long as your armbands are on and still functioning, you'll both exist outside of time. But the charge only lasts for a couple of days. And so yeah. Logan and Storm hug dramatically. And instead of even waiting out the couple days in the 1950s, which who could blame her? Storm just goes ahead and quickly presses the buttons. I know. She's just kind of like, mm, it kind of fucking sucks here. She's like, I'm going to kind of get rid of this, which is sort of like suicide in a sense, because she knows that like they're going to disappear as soon as she presses, presses the buttons. So she does that and they kiss and then they teleport 
back and then they're the versions of Logan and Storm that we know. And they're like wrestling each other on a picnic blanket together sexually. I, uh, but I don't know what that is all about, but okay. And yeah. then they just like, they don't do anything. They just, they, they're sitting there after they, they have that weird sexual thing. And Storm's like, doesn't Logan say something to her that's Yeah, he bla- goes, thanks for the tumble, Storm. We ought to wrestle more often. And Storm goes, now, Logan, some women might think you were flirting. And Logan goes, hmm, lucky you know me better than that. Which, like, what is okay, that Okay, but, but then Xavier rolls over. He just creeps up. He, like, his whole fucking, like, wheel, oh hover God. wheelchair just kind of, like, slowly comes up from behind the tree next to them because he's like and, and he it's goes, a huge thing he and he's like one line which is we will never know which and it's like and then he has this like fucking creepy grin as we see a picture of like mohawk storm and cyberpunk wolverine just standing there faded okay, into the background because the implication is that now this version of xavier remembers that because they saved his life in the past so he's like a completely different fucking person now like okay but he what? is he more evil than he was before is that what just happened i don't know i mean we'll never know know. but i also don't see how it would be possible that storm and logan would still be having the picnic because like everything should be completely different again because they already went back in time and fucked up the entire timeline by talking to xavier and like showing him that time travel exists along with like a million other things that xavier i know know. i don't know i don't know it's like you know what this episode makes no sense you know what i take it back this episode is not that good (laughs) i mean it's really funny (laughs) i mean really it's not it's not good because the first episode while it also didn't make sense it was fun to watch there were uh all these cool concepts and action sequences there was a lot of different plot beats that were thrown at us and i just i really enjoyed it i loved that last episode it was just so weird and this is just it was literally like 10 minutes of them fighting giant robots and them being like we can't travel back in time without traveling back into the future to go travel back in time. And they said that that's the whole episode. And it's like, and Xavier lives. So honestly, it's a sad ending. Anyway, I don't even know how to do politics for this because- uh, Are there politics there in this? Any, that's the real question. I'll play the theme song anyway, but there aren't any fucking politics. <laughs> you just play the theme song and you go, there are no politics. I and don't he goes, think there are. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the politics are. Like, I feel like this uh, episode actually undoes a lot of the political implications of the previous one. Like, it basically reduces everything to just an action fight. Like, Masterworld's politics of being, like, a robot that's programmed to kill all the mutants, not really dealt with here. He's barely really even shown, so you can't even really argue that that's a political statement. I mean, the only real question I have in here is about the time travel. I don't, I can't even... Well, but also, like, the racist guy, like, they show the racist guy at the very beginning of this episode. They show the cops trying to attack the X-Men. I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Like, we're showing there, how they, things, are, just aren't. things are for the X-Men. And then that almost immediately ends because Storm just shoves them into a whirlwind and then they travel back in time again and it doesn't even matter. I guess the only politic there is is just the carryover from the last episode, which is like, don't create robots that are gonna like kill a certain segregation of people that will then eventually take over the world and kill everyone and that's also, it like don't be racist around wolverine because he'll kick your ass i mean that's I always mean, a good yeah. lesson thank god 
but there's there really i can't believe there are any politics it's just it is a dry episode there is shit yeah i mean you guys can listen if you're watching the episodes along with us please write into us at the mutant at gmail.com if you were able to extrapolate anything from this like in general yeah i mean <laughs> not even I, just politics just anything at all this episode didn't really have a lot happening in it so that's kind of too bad i i was hoping for more like closeted xavier thoughts or really anything i mean even him coming to terms with being a mutant and like the political implications of him realizing he needs to join the resistance like this episode doesn't give us anything there's no lines really about any of that stuff and it's like kind of boring i don't know anyway it's too bad missed opportunity yep. in my opinion um do we have a who's that x-men this is gonna be we a do. real short episode if we don't so uh, no no it is <laughs> okay, uh great. so let's go ready okay who's that x-men is it fitzroy it is it's trevor fitzroy Yay. i guess and he's a mutant he has the ability to absorb life energy and has time space teleportation uh, so that's why I didn't understand what the fuck he was doing with Xavier. I guess he was just knocking him out, but not brainwashing him. So I don't know. So the episode does a bad job explaining this. And unfortunately, so do we. Fitzroy has to extract other people's life energy in order to get his time travel abilities to work. And with that in mind, it makes total sense that he needs to absorb Xavier's energy at the end of this episode so that he can travel back to his own time. Again, not something the episode actually explains. Would have taken maybe two seconds. I don't know why they don't put that in there. Trevor Fitzroy was the illegitimate son of Anthony Shaw. He joined the Academy of Xavier's Security Forces in the future, which is also known as the XSE, and had a relationship with Shard. Mm -hmm. He was removed from the Academy when he turned out to be a criminal. Fitzroy's father tried to protect his son until Fitzroy was caught for murder, as you do. Uh, Fitzroy was captured by Bishop, and the, XC the XSE discovers that Fitzroy's portals allow him to travel through time, and they want to use that to create a better future for themselves, but Shard reminds them that Fitzroy is a fucking dangerous maniac. Fitzroy escapes the present time with Bantam, which we know about that, and Fitzroy joins the upstarts when he's here. So there's none of that. He gets sent back in time and does this in the next game. But the most that we see with Fitzroy, and this is this is the plot that I know with him, is he joins the upstarts where he is led by the game master to kill other mutants, and so they can receive points. Like, it's just a game. Mm. And he's trying to take out the Hellfire Club's inner circle during the time of the new mutants in the 80s. And Fitzroy tries to kill Pierce with an army of sentinels. He misses, but then still manages to kill Pierce anyway until Pierce comes back to life. Uh, but that's the same uh, attack that put Emma Frost into a coma and killed most of the Hellions, which was her first school of uh, students. And that's a famous plot line because Emma Frost's first school, like all her students died, and that's what really fucked her up, oh, among other things. But that was a big deal for her. Um, I guess there was some version of Jean Grey there that also died. It said that like as a side note, and I don't even remember that. And I also don't care because Jean Grey dies like every other fucking issue of the X Men. If there is a Jean Grey in the vicinity, she will I die. Don't even, you know, honestly, like I still think the original Jean Grey is dead, and these are just ver multiple different versions of Jean Grey coming back to life with her memories. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the X Men were also at the Hellfire Club negotiating with emma frost and during that time the x-men fought fitzroy who summoned a bunch of criminals from the his own time to come fight them until bishop and two other members of the xse also show up and they run and stop him uh fitzroy tries to capture Celine, also known as black queen for the hellfire club but she manages to escape uh fitzroy then brings in sienna blaze to compete in the upstart competition 
So like this is all that's that's really what he was doing. He was doing that fucked up shit. Yeah. Uh, Fitzroy tries killing Forge, but Forge also manages to escape. It t- turns out Fitzroy is really actually shitty at being a villain. It's kind of <laughs> funny. He just keeps on trying to murder people, and he's like murder maybe like one. And the only reason why he murdered all the Hellions was by accident. So I mean, really, like he sent a bunch of such sentinels to kill donald pierce doesn't kill him right away kills all these students instead then kills pierce it's like okay <laughs> the game master then declares new targets for the upstart competition which turns out to be the new mutants and so they go to fight fight the x-force which is run by cable and cable's like yeah fuck this and like basically tricks fitzroy immediately into absorbing the life energy from his techno organic arm which then backfires on fitzroy sending him into his own portal and what people thought was his death mm. uh and then later fitzroy is just backed by magic and nobody knows why he's the white rook of the hellfire club he doesn't act like fits right it doesn't like challenge anyone and then eventually just leaves to an alternate future where he just becomes a villain there so his time in the hellfire club is fucking useless and then he goes there and he's like i'm the chronomancer i run this reality and he takes over that timeline until bishop just shows up and straight up kills him and that's the end of Fitzroy. except a younger version of Fitzroy appears and he's a good guy during the summer's rebellion but after Cortex kills him during a fight, Layla Miller resurrects Fitzroy physically, but is unable to revive his soul. So he's just still a villain. And Great. that's it. That's Fitzroy. He's a, I, I mean, I I think it's interesting that they did what they did in this show. Yeah, I But do the too. Fitzroy I know is the one that when he killed all of Emma Frost's students, because that's a really fucking famous plot point. So Yeah, I uh, thought it was interesting because after the first episode, you remember I looked all this stuff up because I was like, what is this based on? Doesn't, I don't really get what this is based on it's because it's not based on anything and instead inspired other comics after it but it is sort of strange that they chose fitzroy and also shard but didn't have those characters be romantically involved even though that's like i mean maybe they thought they were so i was gonna say maybe thought it was too complicated to do that with the time travel but you know what if they had enough time to animate two giant like these giant sentinel fights they for so much time if they had time to animate 55 fucking explosions at the beginning of this they could have had time to explain anything at all it they choose been, not to yeah i know and they've also done a couple plot lines on the show where like a character's in an abusive relationship with somebody and they they break up and then that character is a villain in some way so like it's not like they've never done that kind of thing on the show before they could have had shard be like fitzroy and i used to be in love and then i realized but he's a piece of shit so now we're not in love anymore with master Mold or whatever like they could have written something that like had that work like literally anything yeah but instead it's just a random villain i mean this version of fitzroy seems a lot gayer which like we could get to because we have a whole section for that but i definitely was like i guess bantam and fitzroy are just gay and they work for master mold and that's all the motivation that they need to have apparently like we're not gonna be given anything else for them which is like sadly not that interesting to me like we don't really know anything about these characters we don't know anything about this it's just that's what it is. Yeah. Do we talk about who's gay? Because that's where we're at at this point. The X-Men are a metaphor for a lot of things. But one of those things is being gay. But sometimes it goes beyond symbolic. And the X-Men can be homoerotic. But which X-Men is the gayest today? Yeah, let's talk about who's gay, and you know what I'm going to say. 
Uh, you're going to say it's Bishop and Wolverine. Well, I mean, they, they, yes, but that's not, not who I was going to say. I'm not going to say that. I was going to say Fitzroy and Bantam. I think I skipped over it, but there's definitely a part where Bantam calls Fitzroy Fitzy or Fritzy. Oh, or I forgot whatever. about that. He says Fitzy. Yeah. And I was like, wow, they have a nickname. Like, they do. So much. Like, I mean, first of all, look at what they're both wearing. It's, I mean, that's enough on its own. They're both wearing little gay trench coats and they're in love and they're holding hands the entire time. They are. Every single time that Fitzroy gets hurt, Bantam's running over and he cuddles him and cradles him. He's like, don't leave me, Fitzroy. And Fitzroy's like, kind of treats Bantam like shit, honestly. He, I mean, he, he Bantam kicks Bantam around. But they definitely have that like classic gay villains vibe where there's like do. the little whiny one and the like tall, like commandeering one. Like that's such a classic pairing for right. two villains. They're basically, they're, they're kind of like, I was going to say Team Rocket, but that's not who it is at all. So uh, whatever. I, yeah. I like this idea of them as Team Rocket. That's kind of fun. Somebody should send that fan art into us. I think Bantam is Meowth in that situation. Oh, who the I fuck guess? is Jesse? Bishop? I don't know. Mastermold. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, on par for Jesse, but okay. Or like Nimrod, maybe? I don't know. Nimrod is who pink, knows? at least. Um, Nimrod is like probably Meowth in that situation. I don't know. You know what? This, is, this, doesn't, this doesn't make doesn't any fucking sense. Nobody all. fucking cares including me so let's move on from that they're gay the end they like are Bishop making out they Logan fucked in front also of gay by the way i that, yes they are but that's just like a separate thing i don't know there's also charles xavier who's a closet case i know but he's barely in this episode really which is strange like i know it's almost like every single character in the episode is barely in the episode like you know what i mean it's like nothing happens it's so weird anyway that's who's gay it's fitzroy and they wear leather pants and open trench coats and no shirts and have beautiful colored hair and talk like this (laughs) so anyway Uh, anyway do you want to rate the episode yeah i'm getting like one out of five x's yeah i will too i you know it's not this is such a skippable episode too like i don't even like it wraps up the plot line but like like if you're watching the first episode you have to watch the second episode so it's not quite a skip but but i'm just letting you know that there's no and i watched this one stoned and it did not it was not like the first time when i was like oh this is great stone this is not this is not good stoner material it's just it just made me be like wow i'm getting distracted because this is so boring yeah. <laughs> you know that's where i was at it's pretty boring i definitely laughed at, at some of it though um but i wasn't laughing with it i was definitely laughing at it so yeah that's yeah. how i feel too so oh well do we have any reader mail this first email comes in from elena who writes Hello, I'm going through your episodes from the beginning, and I only just finished Slave Island, but I wanted to tell you, I was at the con where you did the Dark Phoenix dating game. Oh my god, it was my first con. <laughs> it was my first con ever, and I've been obsessed with the X-Men since middle school, so I was beyond thrilled to witness it. I remember that Maddie was super hot as Dark Phoenix, and I thought she was like a professional cosplayer. I also remember <laughs> that Beast got a lot of applause at the end, and he was like, what the fuck? Please no, I don't want to be here. And then Dark Phoenix chose Wolverine, and it was great. I saw you two again at a panel at Aresia 2018, I think, and that's how I learned about the podcast from one of your panels. I love that your podcast sits right at the crossroads of detail-oriented and let's make it gay, because continuity and queerness are two of my favorite things. I'm doing a watch one episode, listen to one episode, maybe rewatch the episode, and remember all of Ryan and Maddie's jokes, and it's supremely gratifying. Also, it's so hard to find, but you really need to review the Generation X TV Twilight. I talked to Ryan about this on Instagram, but you really need to bring this to people who have not been able to find a copy. I like how this keeps coming up. Okay, everyone, first of all, anymore okay about that. This, it is at the end of the season we, we are, are doing generation it. x i had it. wanted to do it as the first one but i realized that x-men one two and three had to happen first and i'm 
before we even go into the rest of the shitty Fox films, I'm just taking a break from that because I we really want to do Generation, Generation X. X. I fucking love that movie. It's bad, but it's better than literally <laughs> any of the Fox X-Men films because at least it features the fucking X-Men in Generation X. Well, so but there's this that. this person doesn't know because they haven't gotten far enough in our episodes to have gotten there yet. So they don't know that we were already planning to I, they're this. Gonna cut, this person's going to be listening to be, like, be oh. like, oh, they know what it is and Ryan's <laughs> obsessed with it and they're going to hear it in like 16 episodes. I well, I already it. told them that i was obsessed with it on instagram because they sent us a message right, on the right, mutant right. ages and i was so like oh like, yeah and i this email rules so hard it's like my favorite email we've ever gotten okay so because... first of all should we go back to the dating game yeah, and explain okay. that so like we've t- we've referenced this a couple times on the show because we're just absurdly proud of it for some reason i mean not for some reason it was really fun to do so like ryan wrote the script for a dating game like like okay, the, so like, let, like, let me you know I, let, let me try like this. Okay, <laughs> so when you go to the if you go to cons, and I don't know if it's popular anymore because this is how it was when we first started at, attending conventions, maybe like 10, 15 years ago. They had things like the masquerade and cosplay chess, and they had something called the cosplay dating game, and it was just people dressed up as characters performing as those characters, but in the setting of the dating game tv show from like the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. so like there's a bachelorette and then there's three bachelors right. and it, behind and it the was screen. mostly right and it was mostly improv we, but- we went to see a lot of conventions where they were all improvised and we were always like these could be so much better if there was just a little more organization right and so at the time we had been hired by this convention uh kineticon where we were we did like eight years where we Worked scripted there. all these same shows and we performed and put together these shows people to watch but they were like actual like theatrical shows so, there were I some mean, improv elements to it wrong. we were professional cosplayers like we well, we were, well, you were just there actors but we were also <laughs> cosplayers at the time yeah, but like so we were working whatever. there so we were doing so that. anyway we did a that year the theme was the x-men and i wrote the script for that one and maddie was the dark phoenix i played magneto we were all from like different timelines mm-hmm. we had written multiple scripts and i'll talk about that in a second but the characters in that show or I guess the premise of that show is that Yun, Xavier, and Charles, uh, Magneto were brought into the future to stop the Dark Phoenix. Beast is there. Cyclops is there, but Cyclops is mourning his dead wife, mm-hmm. but even though he's with Emma Frost. Uh, Gambit's there just looking to get laid, so is Jubilee. And at the end, Dark Phoenix comes in and Wolverine's there and she chooses Wolverine because right. we do a, we Cause do a, we do one show was like, you know, the Phoenix only wants to be entertained and have new experiences. So in this case, she was like, I want this to be a dating show for my amusement and I'll pick the bachelors. And so, of course, yeah, and I'm going to fuck them all. And yeah. then Wolverine at the end basically is like, you could kill me and fuck me a million times. And Dark Phoenix like is like Salt. that's a really good point yeah yeah but i mean there was never gonna be any situation i mean like i guess ruining the illusion of a show no one will ever see but there was never a situation where wolverine wasn't gonna win the dating game no Usually, but it was it was also we would have picked it based on like who the audience cheered for the loudest but we were also but just in this like, particular situation whatever. we knew we yeah were gonna we, do we scripted that that whole thing and uh, so, fun fact about that show um, <laughs> is that... A lot of fun that, facts about it, honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, we did a lot of shows there, and they really were... We scripted all of our shows, and yes. there was some room for improv, but yes, like we yes. were doing it as professional theater. And so, there were multiple scripts before that one that we landed on happened. And so, originally, there were other characters in there. We had Emma Frost, because I think we were going to plan for Dita to play yeah, her. Yeah, and I think she did in a different show that we did. Yeah. Right, she did. But we... So, that didn't fall through... I mean, that felt there. We also had Rogue as the female contestant instead of Jubilee because that made more sense. It would have been entertaining, but that actress dropped out. And then the second actress also dropped out. So I was like last second rewriting this with somebody that could be Jubilee. Yeah. And uh, Mystique was also in there for uh, a round. And uh, 
So all those characters are there. Emma Frost was there. I think we had planned for Storm and Kitty Pride. That's that's yeah, what we happened. Had a few all that got things. cut. I mean, most of it was based on the actors that we knew at the time who like could or couldn't be part of the show, and then we just wrote a show around who we knew and who could play the characters that would work. Right, because I mean, the thing is that these are not paid actors, so yeah. we'd have to. And I mean, that's we the, got th- we got comped passes and stuff. So like here, that. here's the thing: is that with Kineticon when we worked there. Um, and we performed in those shows is that a lot of our actors weren't actually cosplayers. There were cosplayers who would participate in just the general yeah, improv dating game. Like- but all the characters <laughs> that we had were people that we had that were actors that we like brought in like I want. I, I don't want to know if we want to say any names, but no. the guy that played Wolverine was not a cosplayer. You no. know what I mean? He was just an actor we knew, and he so, was funny on stage. Yeah. You know that was it. It's same with Gita. Gita is not somebody who is a cosplayer, but would perform for us if we asked her. You know? Yeah, because she's funny, as everybody who knows anything about. Gita I mean, that's knows. That, that was our. That was really our only like well, criteria. It's like, are you funny on stage? And people who could be funny on stage, and it was less about if you could look like the character to us, as long as you could like play the certain character that we needed. Right, and, and if I you mean, could like hold. It doesn't matter. People don't care about this. The point is, no. we did this show. It was something that Ryan and I were very proud of, and still are, because it was so fun. It was probably our favorite dating game we ever did, because it's x-men and it was really fun and like how many times in my life do i get to play the dark phoenix and like be really funny on no stage? it really Not was it was pretty amazing and so it is so great to me that somebody who listens to the show actually saw that show i know i didn't think anybody would but i i guess it makes sense because if we have uh, well, we some have of some our fr- fans who are from New England, I guess, but the chances of somebody happening to go to that show like six years ago or oh, it was longer ago than that. It was 2012. It was 2012. Yeah. I, I know. I So here's the thing that Maddie, you and I have done so many productions <laughs> and so many shows. And the other day I said it to Maddie because at this point we're pretty much only doing the Mutant Ages and anything related to that because mm-hmm. it's pretty much what we have time for at this point. But there, I was thinking about it and I was like, if we stopped performing and stopped producing after the mutant ages, I'm good. And I realized this because Maddie and I have done hundreds of <laughs> fucking shows together, <laughs> like stage shows. We've done film stuff. We've done podcasts. We've done online stuff. Like we, uh, we've written together and I was just like, we've just been producing together for 15, 20 something years, you know, yeah, it's I like, know. and so like, it's just kind of, I know, and the, the, the sad part is I know the dates of every single thing we did and when it happened. So when you're like, I think it happened around this time, I'm like, that was 2012. <laughs> I like, I just, I don't, it's like the kind of memory I have. I know. But I did, and we did, the only other dating game show that we did that I enjoyed, at least up until the end, was the Buffy, the Buffy versus Twilight. One, which yeah, we it was did Buffy versus I Twilight. was Buffy, Ryan was Spike. I mean, may, I'm just saying it because maybe someone in our audience saw that one. I don't I know. That's I know. A, and like, that, that was a fun else. show. Yeah, yeah. And like, that was it. it but the year that we did uh x-men was also the year that we had an avenger scene masquerade we yes. just kind of did a whole full-on marvel thing we did so because marvel was super popular and so we just did like a marvel that was that, that was when marvel like the mcu was just getting popular mm-hmm. like the avengers film had the first one had just dropped like if you can even believe that considering endgame just happened right so. and then it was also like days of future past had come out because that was the versions of magneto and xavier that you were being as a hosts I meant to say X-Men First Class. That came out in 2011. And then the first Avengers movie came out in May of 2012. Our show was July of 2012. And Ryan was cosplaying as the version of young Magneto from First Class. 
we were really tying together like multiple movies and big budget properties and writing our own fan fiction versions fun. of them. And and it I, worked really I, well. It, it was, was really good. And I like doing those comedic things. And, you know, at some point, it seems like this has to happen in which we're going to have to do a reaction of us watching the X-Men dating game. I, know, I think we're just going to have to do it. The video of it is not very good, but maybe we'll just do it anyway. I, I don't feel know. like I might have... I don't remember. I'm gonna have to look at it, but I'm pretty sure I have like a copy somewhere that's not great, but is the full thing. But then I have like another one that I pulled from YouTube. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So yeah, uh, let's read this other reader mail and okay. get out of that because we'll keep on talking about that for days. Forever, uh, yeah. So um, the next email is from Rob, who writes, "Still on my bullshit." Hey, Rob again, and I'm still on my tabletop RPG bullshit. If I were to play a running game of the X-Men, I'd probably use Masks in New Generation. It's a narrative and fiction-focused system that has a lot of fewer rules than D&D. Hmm. By design, it's built to run teen supers and as such really pushes being dramatic as fuck. Uh, unnecessary info dump. Masks uses 2d6 for everything. It doesn't bother with hit points. It builds on the Apocalypse World engine for some irony. Alternately, there's rules light and versatile system called Fate and Accelerated Edition. It's pretty good too. See you next time. P.S. I'm from the future and time travel is real. <laughs> Thanks. So first Thanks, of all, Rob. first of all, Rob, I don't understand anything you just said, and I'm sorry. I like I just don't know anything about tabletop. So none of the, I'm sure Maddie understands some of it, but I, I that's how in the dark I um I do get that like rules light basically means it's all about role playing together and it's less about like counting up hit points and being like, Oh, we're fighting a goblin and the goblin has this certain number of hit points or whatever. Like you don't have to worry as much about that if you're playing a game that's more about role playing, which it sounds like this particular system is. And if we were ever gonna do something like this, we'd have to have something like that because none of us play enough tabletop games that are very rules and math heavy for any of us to care about that and like i don't know i personally don't care about it so if i were running the game i'd be like let's pick the easiest game possible make it so we can all role plays the x-men for a couple hours and call it a day like yep that's what i, I would do too doing that someday at a party like probably just like you me and katie and ride tea or something because like we're idiots and maybe we would do that someday with our time but like I don't. I mean, know we, t- we talked about doing that, that like for occur. this show yeah, at exactly. some point, and like, like I could see, I could see the four of us doing it like as a bit for a podcast, like once. But I don't know if that will ever happen. It's not a promise I'm going to make, but I could see it happening in our lifetimes. I'll put so it that I'm, way. I feel like there is a tabletop RPG game, and I don't remember what it was called, but didn't. Todd say at some point in time that he was like involved with it and that's why he knew about Storm's transformation clothes thing. I just knew that because he remembered it from the comics because there's like one He probably comic did. Where... I might be like putting those two things together and I just I don't know why I'm doing well, that Todd, or maybe write in let us know if there's a tabletop oh, You know what it is? <laughs> I think I think here's the deal. I think there is a Marvel superheroes. Yeah okay so Marvel superheroes had a heroic role playing game in 1984 mm. and then 1986 they published an expanded edition called Marvel superheroes Adventure game um i'm putting that up maybe we should play those that would be fun i'm all for marvel stuff i mean as this as our x-men show grows it kind of does include further marvel universe stuff and a good timing with the mcu so you know there we go you know we still play marvel video games on our youtube channel i don't think we're at plugs yet though are we i don't know No, we're not we'll do that in a second because i want to bring this up real quick because we have not talked about this since san diego comic-con has happened we're we're done with reader meals so i'm just going to talk about this real briefly um, they have given us kind of a lineup for phase three or four or whatever the fuck phase it is now for the <laughs> Avengers. I don't know. Phase and there's 10. like, there are like 
25 movies and TV shows coming out. I they know. are just hardcore dropping it in. Um, some things to note is that Scarlet Witch is going to be in Doctor Strange, and she's also getting a show with the Vision. Which and we knew. They're just kind we of, knew about the TV show. Right. They they seem to be amping up Scarlet Witch but and putting Ryan, her to a what's lot the of most stuff. Important part of well, the that's Scarlet what I'm Witch getting to. So I I think that they're amping up Scarlet Witch to do the mutant thing. But after they finished the whole panel and they went over stuff and we'll talk about other stuff that they announced but they said as they were leaving they said fantastic four and x-men are coming mm-hmm. uh kevin feige said the x-men are coming but it's not the, the x-men that you've seen in movies in the past mm-hmm. which really could mean anything it could either mean that they're going to do something totally unique and different with the x-men which i'm open to yeah. or they're just going to do it correctly and that would <laughs> still be different from the x-men fox films <laughs> Or they Ah! might mean that they want to have it be different characters, which would also be interesting if they're specifically like, it's going to not be the X-Men that you know, as in it's going to be a different lineup, which would be cool. So yeah, exactly. Either way, I'm amped about it, but I'm also just separately amped that Monica Rambeau is going to be on the Scarlet Witch TV show as well. Yep. That's going to be cool. Even though it's not X-Men related, it's just something that I'm excited about. Right, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know what to expect X-Men wise. I feel like no one is still excited about anything to do with the MCU. And like all my friends and colleagues are like, I'm so tired of the MCU. Like what else could they possibly do? So here's the thing. And I'm quietly in the background being like, I'd like them to introduce Rogue, please. Like I'd like them to introduce a lot of things that they still haven't done. Okay, so here's, here's the thing that they said though, is that... The X-Men are coming, yep. right? And that's a big deal, and we should be expecting that, but it's coming not in this phase. It's coming on the phase following that. But in order for that to happen, it means they're going to start dropping hints and building up over the next phase. So even though they didn't say that, I think they had to just quickly be like, the X-Men are coming because they're going to start sliding them in here and there I to movies, just like as passing. how excited some people are, like you and I. Like, even if the world at large isn't necessarily excited for this, other people out there well, are like, so, we want no, to believe the X-Men are eventually coming. So they had to say, they had to at least acknowledge, like, okay, they're coming eventually. Because otherwise, right. it's like, what, what you're going to leave this entire presentation and not mention that you acquired the fox properties like really guys you're not gonna even right. mention that i don't know i think they had to say something about that right exactly just, and i think it's just it it just happened so fast and i know before the merger happened there was all these people being like we have to change our entire plan for the avengers yeah. and people like the, the production team because they're they have been planning how to put all these characters in since they knew they were acquiring them and like yeah it's gonna take them time and they've already got stuff coming up and which brings us to the next thing is that blade was announced yeah. uh captain marvel 2 guardians of the galaxy volume 3 i don't even know what they did with my list I, I sent it somewhere but uh they talked about that black panther 2 um thor 3 or 4 Thor 3 which is gonna be uh jane foster is that her name yeah, yeah that's right thor which i'm excited about i know you don't care about the thor movies but i think that'll be awesome to see. <laughs> yeah i really don't but you know i think it is cool uh, and we can kind of guess that Miss Marvel, like Kamala Khan, is probably going to be in the next Captain Marvel 2 because they didn't release any information on that, yeah, which kind of leads me to believe that's what they're doing, yep. which means they're casting her to do something like that. Um, and they talked about some of the TV shows like Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon, and that's about Falcon becoming Captain America. They're doing Scarlet Vision. What is it? Wanda WandaVision? Vision? Is that what? Yeah. Not a great name, but whatever. I'll watch it. Anyway. I mean, it kind of sounds like something super 80s. I kind of, I'm into it. Yeah. Who else is getting a TV show? Loki's getting a TV yeah, show. Yeah, Loki's getting a TV show, which I don't even I think know what Agents that is, of but... S.H.I.E.L.D. is still going, but they didn't say anything about that. And they haven't really addressed what's happening with the Netflix properties, but they did say that like the Hulu stuff's going to stay. So like Runaways and, um, yeah. Uh, Cloak and Dagger are still owned by that. That's been separated from. Disney because Disney bought out Hulu or whatever so that's staying there and they said that they're going to put some of their like 
more like intense stuff over there that's like tv shows so i don't know that's not for the streaming service on disney it's crazy what they're doing um but like really good and interesting yeah dr strange 2 is happening they just they had a lot of stuff oh they shane chi is something announced right that was one of the new ones uh, some people um, I feel are excited like, about that. That's I, cool. I don't know why they're bringing Shang-Chi in, except for the fact that they probably realized, like, oh, this shows these movies are all white people, so yeah. let's figure this out. <laughs> and, like, we already fucked up Iron Fist, so there we go. God, yeah. And also, weren't they still making another season of Iron Fist somehow? Like, I don't know how, but aren't they? I don't... Well, no, they, they said that all the Netflix shows are dumb, but then, like, immediately after hinted that they're going to start another Defenders-type show on their streaming service but they haven't officially announced it yet but they like blatantly hinted at it. they're like these characters all coming back to like the streaming service and i was like okay yeah that's weird i don't even which know. means that there is a very good chance that that, that misty night colleen Wayne show is going to happen because it's people are begging for it and i and it's funny because like i love those two characters but i'm not one of the people that's been like oh this show needs to happen but to hear so many other people say that they want to see that happen is actually kind of cool so yeah it is cool i'd watch it um even though i'm so not like, caught up on like any of the netflix yeah, shows yeah so like basically all that happened this last weekend or something like that and so yeah, we're I was excited surprised to hear the fantastic four get mentioned as well because i just was like are they gonna try that again okay but, but i i thought they were gonna see honestly i thought they were going to announce that before the x-men because it's like they I mean, just they, yeah, they, they considering the ending the ending of endgame they need read like, they need a reed richards yeah. like and it could be sure but we all know they're not gonna do it because like unfortunately the mco while great is still having problems dealing with like uh how putting cool characters and characters are. There. oh yeah oh i was gonna say just like people care color because like yeah. it's pretty much black panther and that's it so it's that's not great but i do think that they need reed richards to kind of fill the gap of some now currently deceased characters i'm cutting all this out because it's so spoiler tastic ryan okay I, the now point just is all the fantastic i mean i feel like anyone who listens to our show probably knows the end game spoilers by now but i'm gonna cut them out anyway just out of politeness for no fucking okay, reason that's fine. but whatever i, I yeah i Didn't totally just see what you're saying avatar? about how like what i said hasn't everybody seen it it surpassed avatar right like yeah this is like the movie that people have seen more than any other movie so i don't know man i don't know anyway it doesn't matter i i see what you're saying about how the fantastic four characters can kind of slot into some of the now missing characters in the avengers right, exactly cast, and that could work really well the x-men is a little harder to see how they'd be slotted in i feel like Rogue i think it's is difficult because addition. i've made that argument many times that is why they would probably never do it because my predictions are always wrong and ryan is nearly always right so no one should listen to me and they should i think their way i think their their way in is probably going to be wolverine because they've already hinted at uh the guy that created you know D- lady that strikes dad they've already talked about him on the daredevil show which they popped in conveniently right. after they bought You're the right. rights yeah so i think that's kind of hinting at that but maybe they don't want to do that but i feel like i think they kind of have to because the two characters that people want to see the most when they come to the mcu is like wolverine and cyclops right and then everybody comes after that like storm and rogue and gambit and all that so i don't know yeah uh, maybe we'll s- i i mean i feel like wolverine is just one of the most popular characters of yeah, all time I, like I across agree. media properties like he's one Although of the I, best known characters ever i so. i think that rogue is still the easiest way because they can never be a villain in captain marvel i agree it's, it's I, so I, I easy to do that actually do that i just think they should and i also think mystique is cool and it'd be nice if they did a good version of mystique this time but that'll probably not happen rebecca know, Romaine right? will live on forever in my heart and jennifer won't the end <laughs> the end um those so are my it. thoughts on marvel so is it plugs time um it is okay so first of all 
we have our YouTube channel, which is the Mutant Ages, and we post all sorts of uh, videos up there. Sometimes there are comedy acts that we do. Sometimes it's us reacting to old X-Men related videos or stories that we told, including our X-Men parody Demon and D2. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to post... Uh, if we're gonna post us reacting to the dark phoenix dating game that we did that would that will go up there go. as well let us know yep. if that's a thing you want <laughs> yeah so you go check it out we, we post it clips anyway, from episodes yeah no and oh and it's also where we okay so we're playing every x-men video game yes. and you can watch that over there too yeah so. so we're playing ravages of the apocalypse right now which is a quake engine game and it's and bad it's a and funny, official game and we're enjoying it and we get lost a lot and then solve puzzles together and have a good time it's great so yep. people should watch um, that and then what else do we have, Maddie? Oh, well, we also have social media from Twitter oh, do we? to Facebook to Instagram to Tumblr. But specifically, our Twitter handle is at The Mutant Ages. And we're individually on Twitter. I'm at Mitty Myers. And I'm at Ryan Pagella. And if you like this show, you can support us directly by going to our Patreon because we're a completely fan-supported podcast. It's so true. We are. And, you know, that pays for hosting and also just everything else we do and supports us doing this in addition to our regular lives slash jobs. Right. And you can get some fun additional backer-only rewards, including special podcasts like our initial review of Dark Phoenix, which eventually will... the recent one. The recent Dark Phoenix movie, which we watched... So you should pay for that. Yeah, and we do other like <laughs> Marvel-related uh, sh- movies on there, or anything we feel like fits mm-hmm. the bill. I mean, I've been posting the show notes and some behind-the-scenes pictures and stuff like that, and sometimes we post some special videos, especially behind-the-scenes, so you can go check that out over there. Even if you can donate a dollar, it goes a long way to help us keep us th- in production on this show. And then what else do we have? Uh, if you could leave us a review on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen to our show, that'd be great. If you can't leave a review, you leave us a star rating. It helps increase our visibility, and that would be fantastic. You can also find us on like Facebook and Instagram and Tumblr, although I have to upload the Instagram more because I'm pretty bad at that. So there's that. <laughs> I yeah. keep on forgetting about that one. The thing is that the Instagram, I can't just... I'm, when I'm updating all these social media things, I'm doing it from a computer because that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, but, but Insta's like, so much easier Instagram, on phone. I have to go and do yeah. it on my phone. So like, I have to send shit to my phone and then copy and paste. It's very obnoxious and Instagram really needs to change their interface, but nobody cares about that. So... Um, <laughs> Anyway. You know, Bishop, come back in time and be like, time travel's real and change Instagram, please. I, I think um, that's what Bishop is going to say because he's still using Insta in the future and it's not going well for him and he's really annoyed by it. He's using it on his little wristwatch and it's really hard to use. Anyway. Well, that's better than Cable who's using it through his like talking cube. So there's that. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's been another episode of this show. Uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. What's what's coming up next on our, our list? Uh, season four, is that where we are? I'm going to look it up real quick and find out. Um, oh, is it Sanctuary next? Wait, hold on. No, it's Beyond Good and Evil. Is it? I, I don't know because these episodes came out, they were aired at the wrong time. So, so it's a there's four that. part. The next thing is a four part series, Beyond Good and Evil. So What is that one about? I don't know. Uh, I'm just looking at, oh it's no, it's more time game. travel. It's literally, no, it's three, It's four more episodes of time travel. Oh, great. Oh, great. <laughs> and, then, and then we come out of that and we come to like the shitty Christmas special with the Morlocks. Okay, that actually and sounds then after that, amazing. <laughs> okay, it, it is pretty amazing. And then after that, we go to this super like weird Wolverine goes to fight Silver Samurai, but like oh. Mariko's not there oh, and Jubilee great. goes with them because it's just, it's, a, it's like, I don't know, them being like ridiculous and be like, let's see how many Asian characters we can put in like one episode. Yeah. Uh, and then there's something about like rogue wanting to get back together with cody i don't even know if that's true and then then there's the one where we find out the whole thing with like 
the purple man i think and oh, cyclops yeah. that one's actually interesting and then there's xavier Re- remembers which is gonna be a fucking hilarious episode to watch I know. and and then uh Wait, but ryan ryan the nasty boys are gonna be in this next episode beyond are they really evil. well they're gonna oh, be I in hope the, so. the four-parter i don't think they are gonna necessarily be in the first one but they're listed on this wikipedia as part of the characters who appear as a cameo right so at least we have that to look forward to the return of the nasty boys yes and then at the end of all this we see scarlet witch and quicksilver discovering that magneto's his father which is not how that happened in the comic books but okay it's like (laughs) several years later they're like wait magneto's our dad and now they're just saying they were like magneto's not our dad and it's like anyway Anyway, i I don't have anything else to say that's what's coming episode next week that'll be fun we'll complain about time travel and consistencies even more and we'll see you next time Bye-bye. See you next time. Bye. The